Epic Gumdrop, sweeter than bidding on a ship loaded with coffee. While it's always nice to bask in the glow of fluorescent lights bouncing off a newly cello-wrapped board game in the store, it's also great to make time to play a game more than once. Hello, Jeff. Hi, James. I was, I was wondering if we're going to get to say our names. No. No. I, I keep you on tenterhooks every time. You know, I like it because you're excited. I am excited. Yes, and uh, I'm excited. We're going to try looking back on some new games, or old games. New, not new to you, maybe. Maybe, maybe. old to you. Uh, hopefully new to you. I hope after you listen to this, if you haven't played this game, you want to try it. That's that's my goal. Yes. So in, in writing this, this episode, we came in out with the idea that um, let's look at some classics in different genres and, uh, you know, games that you just do not get tired of no matter how many times you play them. There's always the, you know, the call to the new. There's the next new thing. There's a whatever 600 games that came out last year. It, you can't play them all and nope. you m- might not necessarily want to instead like why don't we pick up a gem and yeah I mean, instead of playing a new game once and throwing it aside let's let's try out some old ones and w- w- these are ones we pull out yep uh, again and again yep games i think you can call bona fide classics i think so at least in our mind <laughs> at least in our mind um so today we're looking at a board game that's a few years old uh it's originally 2010 republished in 2014 uh, we love it so much. Oh. The Speicherstadt. Um, I don't know if the title was off-putting to people. Speicherstadt. In its, its success, but... It's It's hard to say, it's, uh, for sure. I often refer to it as that German game. Yeah. <laughs> we should play that German game, I say. It's a, a Steffenfeld design, um, and it's essentially a bidding game. Like, there's yes. not a lot to it. You, you look at it, it's kind of... It's an imposing title. It's an imposing-looking box. Although it's it's a smaller size box, which it is. is nice. But the the art on it is kind yeah. of it's very accurate. It's of mm-hmm. the packing or this warehousing district. Uh, you you kind of go like oh like I don't know if I want to play this. Like this looks no. I can tell uh, when when a friend of mine first pulled out the game, I'm like okay, I guess we'll play this. Yeah, that's it not the reaction. Looks intimidating. It looks daunting. Uh, and then you start to play the game, and after about the second turn through, you realize that it's it's obsessively good it's so like there's so little to it mm-hmm. really even if when you look at the the rule book there's it's, yeah it's just a wisp of a rule book there's a couple of, like it's not it is a light the, the most complicated thing is what cards do you take out depending on the number of players you're playing with that's pretty well the hardest aspect to grasp and that just involves like a seventh grade reading level <laughs> exactly the hardest part is deciding which of your friends you're going to kill first and yes. last because you're so furious with the bidding pro. It's we pull this out all the time, either as a filler game yes. or as a end of the nightcap kind mm-hmm. of game. Um, because it, it, it often it comes out, we're all tired and we're like, yeah. oh, well, let's just squeeze one of this in. Yeah, and you so can like yes. it's just perfect. You get it out, it loads quick. It's you know some of those euros are just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This is just a, a such a yeah tiny little board. It's very brief. Yeah. Um, let's give the publishers a little description just to give you sure. the flavor now of what this we've hopefully got you excited about. Okay. I want you to paint me a picture though. When you explain this, I don't want to, I want to, I want to feel like I'm there. If you could do that. Is, do it. In, okay. I'll, I'll still do it in English. Yeah. Do it in English though. <laughs> Hamburg around 1900, the gate to the world within the Harbor, there stretches a unique complex of storehouses, Speicherstadt. The network of canals and bridges house a terminal for spices, coffee, tea, and carpets from all around the world. 
As one of Hamburg's wholesalers at the heyday of the Speicherstadt, you acquire shiploads for the storehouses. Not too expensive, of course, as you'd like to make a profit selling them. Who makes the best deals within a year and supplies his clients with the right goods will be the winner of the game. But beware. Sudden fires cause heavy losses. You might be advised to invest in fire protection early. That is... Uh, that's a very accurate description of what's going on. That's it. That's <laughs> the game. I, I love that the board is, you know, you look at these little buildings and mm-hmm. you are going to get into this little world in Hamburg. And I, yeah, every time I, it's just so simple. But yes. Let's get into, uh, I, I guess before we start, go to Board Game Geek. I'll put the link. Yes. Um, go look at the game go watch a video go take some pictures of the or go get, take a glance at the board you see how little there really is yeah. and you'll get an just to get an impression of what we're going to talk about if you haven't played it you got that good okay we're ready to go um so if you were, were lazy and you didn't have the internet uh imagine a medium-sized game board that shows you the buildings across the front kind of you know just facing street view um you're looking across the water and you're going to put cards along the bottoms of each of these buildings and bidding tokens on the buildings itself in a row. Um, the game consists of several rounds, and each round has five phases, which are exactly what you would think from this kind of a game. So do you want to give give us the, uh, the, the phases in, in a breath? All right, here we go. You've got supply phase, the demand phase, the purchase phase, the loading phase, and the income phase. And that sounds like you're now working in a warehouse and you're like, why, why am I here? What's going on? Why, what's, why now, people are you You're not working in a warehouse, you own. Oh, that's right. That's right. Put your regal hat yeah. on. Yeah. And you're going to send people out to do the work for you. This goes so fast. Oh my goodness. So it sounds, it sounds, it's pretty sure like, oh goodness, this sounds like a Euro. This sounds like it's going to take, uh, do, do we have enough days here? Do we have food? Is there stocks piles for us to... But no, it's going to nope. go fast. Really, really fast. So first up, that supply phase. Um, that's where everyone sits around the table and starts to get anxious. Mm-hmm. You lay out the cards that will begin to, everyone's going to be bidding on. And every card that flips over, you're just like, oh, what's next? Is it going to be? And so for different amounts of players, two to five players, you're going to have different amounts of cards. Yeah. So you know, between three and six cards get laid out accordingly. Um, if you reveal any ships, then you're going to randomly draw some cubes from the bag and put them on the card. So there's going to be a couple little colored cubes out there. Ooh, what are yes. those? Looks and exciting. Those must be goods. And they are. They are. But are they the goods you're looking for? Never. They never are. No, never. They, or they always are. I don't know. Um, will there be contracts? Will there be firemen? Will there be ships but not enough contracts or warehouse space? Those are really the the confines of the mm-hmm. game. It's a very, very tiny, small world that you get sucked into. It's not this big, expansive map and all of these wonderful geographies and cultures and mm-hmm. clashes and timelines. It's just this tiny little experience of like you you got dropped off one morning at this place and you've got to start bidding. Yes. Go. Um, the second phase, the demand phase. And this is, a, a, we like to call it the future screwing over of your opponent's phase. Because it's where you place your little worker... Uh, above a card that you're interested in you either want to buy it or you want to drive the price up on it and that's that's the turn in this thing mm-hmm. each player uh, takes turns doing this and while you can't skip placing a worker some cards will end up not having any workers which is fine and after everyone has placed their little three workers then purchasing begins yes and can i just say that three is the perfect number it is in so... this game it's it's enough for you to do something 
but not enough that you can do even close to everything. It's you never want adequate. to get done. It's no, it's <laughs> never adequate. And that's exactly what you want. You're hungry. Mm -hmm. I see those three tokens come out and I'm like, oh, right. This is it, isn't it? It's just three. In my head, yeah. I always, it's like five. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Where's the other? No, there's no more. Oh. Yeah. So three makes you have to commit to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The other thing I, I, I love about this game is it gives you that instant regret. Uh, as soon as you let your fingers off of your guy, you realize uh, that was the absolute worst place you could play some. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone else takes their turn and you go, oh, no, that was actually pretty good. Or, oh, yes, I was right. It was terrible. You you got your you, you get all stressed out from all the other uh, mm -hmm. uh, purchasers sitting around the table. Yes. Waiting for you, tapping their fingers, going. There's a lot of it's your turn. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, but that's that's just placing your guys. Yeah, which brings us to the the purchasing phase, now which that, is where they act. That's the mind games phase. Yes, this is where you really start messing with people. Yeah, well, the demand phase sort of bleeds into this phase. Yeah, it does. Yes, because the demand phase is where you set up the mind games, and the purchasing is where you find out if they paid <laughs> off or not. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, I'll go through this one. Sure. Um, so you start on the left side of the board, and beginning with the first worker in the row, players are given the opportunity to bid on the card. The pricing and buying of cards is at the, the heart of this game. Uh, so let's say there's only one worker on a card, and that worker is yours. That's great. You can then buy that card for one coin. Now, let's say we all know that you want that card, so every other player has placed a worker in the row behind you uh, for a total of four workers. That means the cost of the card has inflated to four coins uh, for you since you're the first in line for it. If you pass, the next player will have the option to buy it for three and so on. So this is, yes, uh, where the earlier uh, mind games and also the fact that it's all open information. You know exactly how many coins every player has. Um, so often in a game, somebody really wants a card and they, put their, they had to play first and they put their worker in front of that card. Uh, you know if you put two more workers behind them you've priced them out because they've only got two coins exactly. they can't buy it is it you end up with that weird because we always play with four or five players and mm -hmm. that gives you five or six cards out with yes. the three workers each so a total of say 12 to 15 workers yeah you're spreading those out over you know half as many cards and it's like do we dogpile on somebody mm -hmm. and we are we're all looking around the table it's all open information so you're looking at everyone else's do does he have contracts yet oh does yes. he have a warehouse what can he do with all that stuff yeah. what is he going to bid on and every round you're i make the wrong mistake like you said yeah. you're always making the wrong uh, choice or it and feels good at the time and ends up being terrible which feels terrible at the time and yeah. ends up being great and it's just yeah it's never and there's the a lot right. of decisions of okay i want to place my worker there to drive that price up but the next person to go probably also wants to do that. Exactly. So if I place it there, am I freeing the other guy to then bid on something he wants? Yeah. Instead of maybe I'll go bid on something I want, assuming they'll place pressure on the other guy, which then they don't. They put pressure on you and you're very mad at them because you're like, can't you see that was a terrible mistake by you? <laughs> you're helping them. Or there's a thing you really want and you don't bid on it because you don't want to draw attention to it. Yes. And then you, you so you dogpile on somebody else's thing. Yep. And then you try to scoop, scoop around in. at the end, but then yeah. you get distracted by shiny things over yep. on the, it's just. Or sometimes you don't bid on it because you know they're just going to drive. You've only got two coins. You're yeah. not winning it. So you might as well try to get something else or, or hurt other people as much as you're going to be hurt this round. But basically, yes, a lot of the decisions are based on vengeance and pettiness. <laughs> yeah. At and least in our gamer group. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think I like this because there is that player. 
you're it's not uh we're each operating in our own mm-hmm. uh little silo i i like i love euros yeah and i i like light euros especially because they you can break them out with any group mm-hmm. and i i love them even more when there's a lot of player interaction yes. like this where it, it's yeah how big of a jerk can you be to everyone else at the table in a and way it's not you can't help it's but. not being a jerk you're, you're trying to well do the way we play your game yes <laughs> Fair, but I don't think anyone gets mad. Uh, no, like no. you get mad in that, like I wish you hadn't done that, <laughs> or I wish I you, had made yes. a better tactical decision. Or two rounds from now, I'm going to remember this, yeah. and you'll pay. And it's still light. It, there's not, there's none of this. Like, oh, we're in this for four hours, and no. you've just made me angry. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so, especially it's, as you get experience with the game, it moves so quick yeah. sometimes. Oh, and then again, it'll go super quick until somebody's like, I have to place one of my workers. <laughs> I think we always end up laughing about the the kind of brutal decisions. Yes. Because we'll all dogpile on somebody and then we're all laughing because it's just all like so ridiculous. And yeah. it's so... Plus you're staring at the board helpless. going, put your guy right there, put your guy right <laughs> yeah. there, put your guy right there. I think there's a lot of laughter because of the tension. Mm-hmm. And then it breaks. Mm-hmm. So you're just tense, 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 yeah. tense. Ah. It's the kind of game you're not really playing the game. You you essentially are playing your opponents I the whole so. game. Yeah, it is. The, any bidding thing is really yeah. a mind games kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, which is... Oh, it's, it's definitely a game when you finish the game, you go back over the game in your mind. And you think, should I have done this differently or should I have done that? Maybe not even uh, at the end of the game. After each round, yeah. as people are buying stuff, you, you immediately recalibrate what you should have done. <laughs> Yeah, I every time I I'm always definitely that it's a post game analysis, and then I want to play it immediately mm-hmm. again. And we usually we I think we only ever play it once because it always fits in that perfect yes. spot. But that's what just keeps me coming back to it every mm-hmm. time. I think I'm just oh I hope we break I hope you brought the yeah the Spikerstadt the German game yeah, the German game. <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing that's fun is uh, with the purchasing is you don't have to buy what you put your worker on. You could price somebody out say they only have one yes. coin and there's nothing more frustrating than someone pricing you out of buying it and then refusing to buy it themselves <laughs> that's oh it hurts it's so funny. bad it's funny for everyone else at the table yeah oh good and, times. The, and the idea that you can place multiple workers on the same card yes to you know get it, attempt to get it cheaper in the long run so but by that, com- but you're committing more workers exactly to that so and then somebody else puts their guy behind you and the whole things yeah yeah, I love it. Um, so after you go left to right and you go through this whole process where yes. everybody's miserable and broke, and then you get uh, to well, the- we explain quickly the things you are bidding on. Right. Oh, you did. You sort of said there's a contracts. Uh, yeah. Because there's different paths to victory. There is. Um, does that come up? Yeah, we'll okay. get. I uh, will. I think we'll we'll cut through to each one a little bit okay. more in detail. Look at that. Um, so yeah, we'll just look. We'll just jump through the the next two, which the loading and the income phase, yes. real quick. Um, so the loading is where you basically deal with the cubes that you bought, and uh, there's a variety of them. Uh, you basically take them and you place it on your contract. You sell it to the merchant. You keep it in your warehouse, you, or you convert it, and uh, or do um, you sell it or keep it in the market hall? Mm-hmm. So you basically are just going to go. Okay, do I need this? Don't I need it? Can I convert it to something? Really simple choices. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can't do anything with the good you bought this round, you have to return it to the stockpile. Uh, so that you're even when you're might try to scoop it out of some away from somebody, or you know, yeah, you, you might. It's sometimes you take the tactical, goods just to burn them, basically. Yeah, yeah, just to prevent somebody else from having them. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the rule book does a nice. It has nice illustrations and does a decent job of explaining all the little finer points. So we don't need to get too granular about all of that. Right. Um, 
basically income, which everyone right. likes. Hurrah. Yes. <laughs> the final stage. Except that, you know, you're only going to get one or two coins, depending on whether you bought anything last round. Or if you passed on everything, you'll get two coins. So, you know, yay. Money? That's the beauty of it. It is nice. It is a game where if you have five coins, you're rich. And if you have two coins, you're poor. And generally, you're going to have between two and five every turn. And so is everybody else. And it has a weird income management built in where... Uh, because the player that acts first changes every round, um, you know where you're bidding at. Yeah. Um, and if you're bidding first, you're going to have to spend more to get stuff because it, everyone can go behind you. If you're bidding last, you can scoop up things for cheap because you'll you're, that last worker you place, you know exactly where everyone's at financially. You have a good idea of what they're going to buy, what they're going to pass on. Yeah. Um, so you you can sort of manipulate it so you get you get the best thing at the best price. Exactly. Um, so you tend to spend less coins. Yeah. But it's about having enough coins at the right time and passing on things that are okay earlier and yeah. not just spending your money on them um, in the hopes that you have more coins later. I, I don't think I've ever passed. I th- No, you like to buy. Yeah, I do. And one of the other players, I remember it's the first time he passed. I was like, what? <laughs> and he took his two, his, two, his big two shiny coins. Yeah, and then he had like six that round and... It was cleaned yeah. up. You're like, oh, right. So scarcity, that whole, yeah. this game has, you know, whether it's the workers or whether it's the money or whether it's the amount of the goods, goods available, yeah. just scarcity in the game mm-hmm. makes that bidding mechanic all the more real because you never feel there's this surplus and everyone's yeah. going to have fun. It's like, nope, it's going to be nothing for no one. Yes. And that's how it should be. It is. And it's, it is, it's, it's, it is. Within that scarcity, it's amazing how rich five coins makes you feel and how poor two coins makes you feel. Exactly. And how that influences all of your actions. Yeah. Um, and now you, you'd think that might be the end of the game, but it's it's not quite. Um, nope. After the fourth fire card is drawn, the game is over. But we're going to get more about uh, all the fire cards and stuff yes. in a little bit. So I think at this point, yeah, let's go through what uh, that more detail. Let's get yes. into the trade cards. Um, so we'll do a quick quick overview of what is a kind of you're given yeah. to play with in so this. most cards are unique in the game as well yes which is um again more of that scarcity yeah um so uh we'll sort of anyone that aren't unique that there's only one copy of we'll let you know yeah okay uh so you got well we'll just ramble through yep. them you got a bank gives you money boat boatsman church gives you three points at the end of the game just it's points you have victory points and then you got a bunch of convert cubes to cash cards so you got your carpet trader your coffee roaster your spice trader your tea taster your vulcanizer so that's it you got your five goods different colored cubes and you can change those you know straight up to money yeah it's Uh, a good way of when you're buying things you don't need later in the game exactly but again there's only one of each and you don't know if you're gonna get it now or later or when and you're not gonna be able to buy all of them and if you do buy all of them you're probably gonna have a lot of money and no victory points yeah exactly (laughs) so what a trade-off um and you got your chamber of commerce that converts end game money into points you got uh, the contracts which are what you're you're going to be bidding on to get you to fulfill those contracts so they're kind of a critical part of the game but again there's so few it feels like yeah there's few and then the goods that come in later are all random yeah so it's hard to know what a good contract what a bad contract is yeah you don't know no um, there's the counting office. So that kind of, it's a, a set collection. You don't know if you get more of them, you get, yeah. it gives you points. Um, 
there's fire and there's four fires in the game. Uh, You're going to count up basically there's fire that happens throughout the game in each round and you're going to have bought firemen since mm-hmm. fire protection and uh, they come in values of one through five throughout the game and you use those to basically not be in trouble and lose points with the when the fire yeah. hits. Um, yeah, because the game itself is broken down into four seasons and yeah. there's going to be one fire every season. Exactly. So you don't know when it's going to come up but you're trying to buy fire protection so that you don't move backwards. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then there's market halls and everybody gets one. It's a kind of little cheat sheet to remind you how to convert, sell, or keep your goods. And you can only store one cube on it. So the warehouse also might be good. And the warehouse is where you store the goods until you can place them on a contract or allow you to score them in the end. Uh, the port is the, just the number of ships you successfully bid on uh, gives you points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, St. Michaelis, which is four points for having this card at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially it for the cards. I mean, like, there's they're all kind of shades of similar. I mean, there's basically two economies in the game. Mm. Uh, well, three if you count the firemen, but I think they're tied more into the fact there's fires which affect victory points. So yeah. there's there's money and there's victory points are the two economies. And you're either all of your cards either you're directly buying one of those two things, or you're buying a way to turn goods yeah. into those things. Exactly. So. Yeah, I guess if we can give our, our, our overview of mm-hmm. which we'll get into a bit more detail on some of these things. But so overall, yeah, you, like you said, there's the four seasons. Yeah. Um, certain cards only make appearances in certain times. And it's, you know, it's really confusing and overwhelming the first time you play. Because mm-hmm. I remember the first time we played, I was like, what are Yeah, because you're trying to figure out what the cards do. And then I uh, hadn't read the rules. It was yeah. just like we there was like five of us. So it was a, it was a good game. Yes, but I remember it wasn't until the end of the game where I was like really like, oh, I get it now. I see what this game's about Um, because we didn't really there was no introduction. It was like right into it. Yeah. Um, But I was still like, whoa, I I like the Mm -hmm. mechanics of this. And then once, yeah, you understand. Okay. Yeah. Once you get the different cards. Exactly. The fact that no boats show up in the first season. Yeah. So you're you're building your ability to buy boats. Exactly. Later. If that's the way you choose to play the game to win that all that variation made it hard to know mm-hmm. too. Like you said that how there's, there's, there's not that many cards, but there's very few, there's very little repetition in, yes. in the, what's available. So you, you're just like, what? There's just, when did the options end? Mm-hmm. But there really isn't that many. No. Um, yeah. And then as we said, the money is, that's a really, it's that it's limited. Yes. And that's so good. Um, like you really, you're making one or two coins, and it, um, it was interesting. I, we've always played with, uh, you know, open information. I yes. think as rule book, you just kind of nobody. It doesn't say to not do that, or actually, it might actually say that it is open information in the rule book. Um, but I was reading that some people uh, do hidden money. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh boy, that would get hard. I feel like you'd be able to keep track. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I like the open because the decisions are painfully hard enough I know, as it is. I know. When you know. If we ever get bored of this game, we've got to go to closed yeah. information. And then it just adds this poker element even more so. Um, there's the fire. So the four fires, uh, you know, it just depends how scoring's playing mm-hmm. out. Like I, you never, like that last game we played, uh, the lead player. Yeah. Um, who's just money flowing left, right, center ended up losing because of in, in think in some ways because of fire yeah they just completely ignored fire protection thinking it's a weird thing because if you don't get it early because uh, throughout the, the different seasons the fire protection number goes up 
Yeah. Right. So in the first round, you can buy firemen that are worth one or two. Yeah. And by the fourth round, they're worth five or six. Do you think five? Yeah. yeah. So you could have bought three firemen throughout the first three rounds of the game. Yeah. And then somebody buys a six at the end and is ahead of you. Yeah. Right. So it's a weird, it's a weird little game within the game. Exactly. Where uh, my strategy is always just to not be the lowest. Yeah, that's I don't care about being the highest, but no. just don't be the lowest. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically where I try to, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's an optimal. And then even then, you only go back basically one square, two squares, three squares, and four squares, right? So we're talking eight squares, no, nine squares total, Thru- nine victory throughout points the throughout the whole game. So that's why some people ignore it, but then some some games, those nine squares are it. Well, because the, the, the game is so, everything's, there's so much scarcity, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tight game. Yes. And I think it's hard to, you want to ignore something, but if everyone else isn't, you can't either. Yes, that's true. So it's hard to, you're going to get, it's going to get you in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big, another big one is the randomness. Yes. Um, it makes the game tense, but not totally cha- like chaotic. It's not mm-hmm. out of control. The decisions are, they're harder and less predictable, but that's what gives it all that replayability. Mm-hmm. Like the timing of the contracts and resources is drawn randomly. You don't know when the boats will come in. You don't know what goods the cargo ships will carry. Mm-hmm. Um, the availability of firemen and the timing of the fires. Yeah. And all like so there's all these these delicate little gears that kind of go and it just never it, it might fall exactly how you hope it's going to, mm-hmm. but it's probably not. There's too many little gears. Exactly. Um, but that just but it, a touch of randomness is what I think makes it so delightful. Yeah, I think it's random, but there's enough variety in the cards that there'll always be something you want. Yeah. And then again, even when there's nothing you need, driving up the price on other people's stuff so that when the cards you want come up, you're in a better position and they're in a worse position Yeah. Um, is all part of it. So it, it works really well. It does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, all the all told those choices, oh. yeah, when to buy... Uh, contracts when to buy cargo when to buy fire protection when to invest in counting houses when not to buy mm-hmm. all like i just love those just every choice is i i totally get analysis paralysis yeah. with this game oh it's it's an opportunity cost game yeah. where you have to make decisions like hey i can pick up that boat for one coin because nobody else has put anything on it but if i allow that person to get a fifth counting house that's like nine victory points yeah. or 12 or whatever it is at that point. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. You know, is my game better served finishing off this contract for eight victory points exactly. or preventing them from getting nine victory points? Yeah. Yeah. And will the other people around the table back me up on that? Yes. Am I, am I wasting my guy by going over there Yeah. or not? Yeah. It's uh, and you don't know until everybody else has placed their stuff. No, exactly. Yeah, sometimes I, there was a few times I've been surprised where you think, okay, this is going to be a dog pile on somebody mm-hmm. to stop them from getting this thing. And then nobody cares. Yep. And everybody goes, is like, nope, I, oh, right. He needed that. He needed that. that yeah. And everybody went on their own. Oh, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, and the bidding, I mean, like that great combination of trying to get things at a low cost while anticipating what everyone else is going to do. Yeah. I just. And all open information in a way makes mm-hmm. it all the harder. So you're constantly looking around the table, constantly assessing and just, Oh, going, he needs that coffee yeah. to finish that contract. Yeah. But he also, the fire's going to come soon and he has no fire protection and that's a five sitting there and that would move him out of last place into first place. So that's like an eight point swing right there. But, or maybe they want to, they're not going to get another contract, are they? Oh, but they have those goods sitting in their warehouse that can complete that contract. Yeah. There's no. And then he pulls wild card. 
Yeah. And then he goes, uh, no, I'm just gonna make you pay more. Yeah. So yeah, that I, it feels like you're not just playing one game. It feels yeah. like you're playing four or five games to you know, like it's, depending on how many players are. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I feel, yeah, it's crazy. Yes. So yeah, ultimately why, like, why do you need this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know if we haven't, if we have not been excited enough about it, it's tense and fun and tense and fun and it's just so tense and it's fun. Yeah. Every you time. will yell at your friends in a good-natured way. Yeah. You will yell at your friends in a less than good-natured way. Yeah. <laughs> and then you want to play it again. All and then you. and then they'll yell at you and you'll feel smug and happy about that fact. None of us have ever been you know unhappy at the end of it. I think we've all always No, win or lose, we you did something. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. it's an odd game. Yeah. I didn't expect it to become a little favorite. No. It's like it's unexpected to me. I don't know. Again, it's I, I don't think the expectations were too high. No. You know, it's a great designer, but it you know, a, a people are like, "Oh, it's a middling game." But I I don't care. It's just a great game. It makes me feel clever and stupid. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, that's a good combination. <laughs> like, maybe maybe instantly one after another. Exactly. <laughs> um yeah, and it's even as a depending how you want to try and get the game. It's it's inexpensive. Like it's a even as a German-English uh, import. Mm-hmm. I think for a while, uh, Z-Man Games was uh, carrying it. I don't think they are anymore. So I think you have to get it from uh, Pegasus or Eggert Spiel or something. You can find it. Yep. And it's reasonably online. You can get it for 40-something dollars, mm-hmm. Canadian even. So what is that, like $12 American, I think? No. Yeah, something like... Uh, it's basically... It's a dollar ninety nine. If you play it with four people, it costs less than taking those same four people to a movie. Absolutely. And you'll have way more fun. Oh, yeah. And you'll replay the heck out of it. Yes. But yeah, so good, great in-between game, great mm-hmm. nightcap game. It's just a good game to have in your collection. Yeah. And, and really getting... If you've never played a game with a bidding mechanic, it's a good entry point. If you think you've looked at Power Grid and you think, I want to play that, that other imposing German-looking yes. game. Play this first, maybe. I don't this know. is a much quicker play. It's a much quicker bidding. Much easier to pick up and learn. I love Power Grid. Yes, no, I know. That'll be a game we'll have to talk about and we, later. And I, one of the guys in our game group considers Power Grid a nice light game. Yeah. <laughs> so He also owns this game, so yes. that makes perfect sense. Um, and in that new edition, it uh, I, I've, I haven't seen the new edition. I'm, they, what I've read is that the change seems to be basically that there's no more metal coin. Um, so the turn order is defined by a card. Yes. So, but if that really bugs you, you buy the expansion, uh, the <laughs> Kaishbiker expansion. expansion. Um, people seem to like it. We haven't played it. Uh, here's a description if you okay. thought, hey, I need to add this to the mix. Kaishbiker gives you the opportunity to discover so much more among the warehouses and waterways of the Speicherstadt. New ships dock in the port of Hamburg, bringing valuable goods like glass and fabrics to the city. New contracts and buildings increase your points yield, and action cards help you to extend your influence. Will you hire the thief and the smugglers to score off the other players, or get the insurance and the fire trucks so that you are no longer at the mercy of a sudden fire? New tactical possibilities arise as players now employ more workers and take part in additional building mechanisms. 25 real, quote-unquote, <laughs> I don't... Okay. I think because you can't use them as uh, legal tender anywhere. Oh, okay. Yes. Real. I got to use sarcasm when I say it. Yeah. 25 real metal coins uh, top this diversified expansion that brings the bustling world of the Speicherstadt to life. So what are you waiting for? It's time to get down to business. Yes, please. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I want that now. I totally. Yeah. I read that. I was like, ah, yeah. 
I, for one thing, just I, the real coins themselves, yeah. because I you spend most of the game just fl- flicking with your coins like they're they're uh, poker chips, yeah. and it's a lot satisfying when they're made oh. out of cardboard. If they went like the turn order card is so satisfying. I love that. Yeah, the turn order card. like, oh, they got rid of it. There's an expansion with more. Yes, please. Yes. And you know, there's no app version of this that I know of. It. I don't know if I'd want it. it it's a, such a light game in a way I kind of would if the AI was good. It could be good as an async game as well. If you could play like 25 versions of it at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, put out your workers in your 25 games and then wait till other people make their move so you can make your move again. It, it'd be simple. It'd be such a simple layout, simple mm-hmm. interface. It'd be like, to me, it's like a San Juan or something. Like yeah. a very light, simple, but kind of still satisfying. Yes. And the AI wouldn't. I would not think to be that hard for this kind of a thing. You do puzzles with it too, I think, hmm. where you're like, you give a goal, like, um, right. you know, try to get the most fire protection and it's set up and you have to place just one worker to try to get the thing you need to complete the goal. Right. I don't know. So kind of like a suburbia. Yeah. Kind of like suburbia did with yeah. their, with their stellar app, making huh. it nicely solo playable. But given that there is no English, uh, yes. edition, well, it's in, it's English German, so you know it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, you're you. I don't think the demand is there for no, spending the money to develop I, a, I develop an app. I don't think there is here, sadly. Yes, but at any rate, I hopefully uh, in, through this we've encouraged you to if you've played it. I hope you enjoyed what we had to say, and mm-hmm. if you haven't played it, I hope we've got you thinking. I need to go play this this German game. Hey James, I need to go play this German game. That sounds good. Let me get my... I don't have metal coins. We could use real ones. (laughs) Until next time, I've been James. And I'm still Jeff.